Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast week of July 24th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, we got a bunch of stuff this week, so let's jump right in. And we will kick things off with some trailers. And we actually this week got the first trailer for The Exorcist Believer, which is the new sequel to The Exorcist from David Gordon Green. So he's he's tackling a new horror franchise. He brought us three very mixed results Halloween movies. And now he's going to bring us, I believe, also a, tr- a, new, a new trilogy of Exorcist movies. So Blumhouse is like all in on David Gore Green remaking or like adding to like horror franchises. I'm not exactly sure he's the steroid that that franchise needs at this point because uh, Halloween. How Halloween? Halloween first kills. Was, was, was Halloween ends. And, and kills and ends were both. I thought like kills was ridiculous, but then ends was terrible. Like kills was kind of funny in its badness. Ends was just bad. Ends was just bad a lot of awkward choices focusing on that new the new the, the new character that did, like they should have introduced in, in the, the first, first movie, movie. <laughs> in the first movie of the new trilogy and built to it instead of just having show up be like i'm the new michael myers <laughs> i'm a character that you just do not care about i understand yes. if they want to do like a legacy thing and it's a it's a it's not like a TV show season where they change writers or the the show went to a different direction, you know, and, and, and want to try something new. This felt like a that felt like a trilogy that felt planned from beginning to end, and along the way, someone got drunk, you know, and just sort of made shit up that didn't make any goddamn sense. Well, if it, it felt like they said we're gonna make a trilogy, but then they ran out of ideas for the trilogy. They only had ideas for like one movie and they're like, well, we got to come up with two more movies. I don't know. I, have, I mean, you know, because kill, saying... kills is just like, kills felt like so much well, stalling. Was, yeah. I mean, like they, they I, I, was just stalling to get to the third one. And the third one was like, well, they'll pay off in the third one. And they didn't pay off the third one. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind kills in comparison, like you said, but unlike, what they're doing now, that movie had a very muddle. I mean, almost all horror movies eventually have a muddle ass timeline and and characters where it just yeah. doesn't have to make sense. It just as long as they're there. So I understand picking up the pieces and trying something different, but I I know there is books about how to write a screenplay out there in the wild, and there are amateur sort of mythos that's like hey this makes sense if you're gonna do this and there's like script doctors you know like mm-hmm. there is ways to fix things well it's also it's, it's also baffling too because because david gordon green when he works with dan mcbride and jody hill on like righteous gemstones brilliant like <laughs> that's the insane thing that's the crazy part is that within a comedy element with the right script material it seems coherent and the story escalates naturally. So I'm not saying he's a bad director or writer or creative person. It just doesn't make sense that no one stepped in and went, hey, don't do that. 
let's do this instead. So maybe he's learned that his exorcisms go off yeah, we'll, the rail too. We'll see in October with Exorcist Believer, which is going it's going to pick up same sort of idea as the Halloween trilogy that we just got. It's a direct sequel to the original one uh, and erasing all the other movies from continuity. Sorry, Exorcist 3, which is actually pretty actually pretty great. <laughs> is that the one with James Earl Jones in it? No, uh, 3 is the one that has... Um, uh, what's his name? From, like, Patton. <laughs> George, George C. Scott is, like detective and he's and there's a new um like demon like a demon that's also like killing people and it's like a it starts out as like a serial killer movie or more it's more like a serial killer movie where it's like he's trying to figure out what what is causing all these like mysterious deaths and then t- it turns out it's you know Pazuzu's back and it's all this other stuff going on but yeah it's actually it's actually a pretty great like like of the extra sequels that's probably the best one so then you get then you get into the weeds of uh like Prelude <laughs> was it Prelude or like Dominion the Prelude to Exorcist or the prequel to Exorcist and then like there's like two of those I, and Legion I, I or something the one with like the Scarsgard was one of them you know what I'm talking about it's another prequel one it stars the same father in his younger years. Well, there was there was two prequels that came out within like a year of each other, Exorcist the Beginning and then Dominion prequel to the Exorcist. I think I'm talking about Exorcist Be- Beginnings. It's the one where it's in Africa again. I think Exorcism Two is the one in Africa where James Earl Jones is a witch doctor. Yes, and- that's 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 the second one. Yeah, that's the direct sequel. That's like where Linda Blair comes back, and she's like a teenager now, and she, and then. They're trying to like, you're you're cured. Oh, I guess not. <laughs> like, there, but there is one where it's discovering the demon and how it's been affecting humanity somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the second one because that's when they find out uh, Pazuzu's name and they find out oh, Pazuzu is the, is the demon that possessed you all those, those years ago. And that, yeah, I think James Earl Jones. I think, and I think James Earl Jones is either he's trying to fight. He's he's like a he's fighting Bazuzu, or he's like the one that is like like summoned Bazuzu or something. I think I think he's trying to help. I think he's trying to help like because his his like tribe in Africa dealt with it Bazuzu before or something. But yeah, this new movie, uh, it's yeah, so directly equal to the original. There are two girls who get lost in the woods. They come back and they're possessed. So it's it's a double uh, possession. And then one of the girls' father uh, is looking for help, and he goes to Ellen Burstyn, who's back from the original as Chris McNeil, as as sort of like the Laurie Strode, I guess, character <laughs> coming from the original movie. And then trying to uh, you know, yeah, classic. Trying to get the, the exercise demons, get them out, fight the demons, all that classic exercise stuff. You think there's gonna be more than one demon, or just one demon? It seems like the, it seems like they're setting up. It's like one demon, but it's 
but it's I think both girls because there's that scene in the trailer toward the end where it's like, oh, their heartbeats are synced up. And I don't I don't know if it's if it's gonna be Pazuzu again. They haven't really met, they haven't mentioned. I think they I don't think they didn't even mention Pazuzu by name, but I think they're kind of like hinting it might be or it might be a new demon. But it's it's got two rebels like the look like the look of the girls when they get possessed is very exorcist. So hope I mean hopefully it's uh, lives up to the exorcist and is better than the Halloween sequels. And then there's gonna be a new one. Uh, there's gonna be a sequel I think in like a year or two. Exorcist uh, Deceiver is gonna be uh, 2025. And I don't, I, I don't think, because um, a lot of these Universal movies, they have like a Peacock and theatrical release on the same day. I don't, I think this is one that's just gonna be theaters, and there'll be Peacock a little bit later on. Okay. Also, I hear, also I hear, I hear that title too. And I, I, I can only think of like that Imagine Dragon song. <laughs> like I, I can't expect like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't expect like the, like the, either like a slowed down version of that in, in this trailer or. Like it just it to come on like uh, we're anywhere express <laughs> like that trailer <laughs> like it cuts like the Exorcist title and it's like bam you made me you you made. <laughs> Did that happen in Murder the Oriental Express an acapella version of yeah. Believer? No, it was, it was just the it was just the actual song, but that was like the big like meme thing. Is it, it, the whole trailer just like built up to that? Like it cut to like the title, and it was just like. The Imagine Dragon song. So then the, the whole meme was like people like making like trailers that like cut like the ended with like that that like needle drop. I can't remember that. But it, that, it, that it was, was it was so it was so like incongruous to like a whatever nineteenth century twentieth century like early twentieth century pro mystery. Yeah, I think Perot would have listened to that music. <laughs> to Imagine Dragons, yeah. Yeah, Exorcist Believer, uh, October 13th, Friday 13th uh, this year. And so uh, you can check that out. And we also got a new trailer for the boys spinoff, Gen V, which is coming out in September on Prime Video, September 29th. And this is set at uh, Godalkin University, which is a Vought International run school for soups. And young, young people with superpowers go there, train. And if they make enough, like a big enough impression, they'll end up. They could possibly be like a Vought superhero, or I mean, maybe even like if they're a huge deal, they, they could be a potential member of the Seven at some point, maybe. But the main character is Marie Moreau, who is she has blood bending powers, so she can cut her, like she can like use either her blood or other people's blood and manipulate it to like as a weapon. Uh, a very brutal. <laughs> <laughs> like, like disgusting power. That feels like totally in line with the boys' universe. I feel like they stole that from Avatar. Yeah, wasn't that a thing? I, was that in Avatar? Or was that in like Cor- like a Jakora? Cora. I, know, I know I've heard. I, I know I heard that. It was like it was like some. It was like a forbidden bending power. Like no one should no one should be able to do that, or like no one should Blood like, bending to do that. Is a, a offshoot of metal bending. Yeah. Or earth bending. Because like the iron iron it yeah and the idea is that everyone has blood so you can pretty much fuck up everything 
that is uh, that has blood in it. Yeah, it, see, it seems very powerful. Like you could just rip you just rip someone's blood out of them and kill them. Right, right. I don't know. In her powers, it's only her blood. I, I think it's only her blood. It seemed it seemed like she could like also like maybe manipulate other people's blood. I don't. And I I'm not sure. It's not clear because it looks like she has to cut herself to like she has to get the blood going. So I don't know if she can like rip it like if it's not like already like bleeding around the surface if she can manipulate it like she i don't she, i don't know if she can like rip it out of someone's skin like if you're just there's no cut or like no wound if you can't manipulate it yeah you can't she like cuts, it out she, of the person she cuts herself and then is able to like manipulate her blood after it comes out starts coming out it's yeah from the trailer you see she makes basically tentacles out of her blood yeah almost like carnage they basically made a carnage character but something different and this is a big change from the comics because the the like comic error is like way different mm-hmm. the the uh, college that they have and Huey enrolls in it it's the idea that Huey's trying to investigate this corrupt uh practice and stuff and it's a side story it doesn't really play into the greater like it has really low bearings to the main plot of the boys comic and this seems like it's going to be a mix of it because if they just do one season to tell the story, that's fine. But because I think the next season, the boys season four is the, like, that's it. They're trying to wrap up the whole story with it. Mm-hmm. So who knows if there's still potential spinoffs or a continuation. Well, none of the actual boys are going to be on Gen V. Um, there's, there's going to be some characters from the main show. So like just Jesse T. Usher, Colby Minifee, PJ Byrne, Jensen Ackles are all going to show up at some point on the show. But probably no, yeah, no Homelander, no, you know, <laughs> no Butcher, no Huey. I, oh, unless maybe it's like a surprise and then they're like, for the pop-up like last episode, so they'll be like, we're shutting the school down. <laughs> like, Probably. That's kind of what happens in the comic. It seems like it seems like Clancy Brown maybe is like the principal or something, or like runs the school. So in in the concept, they, another thing is this reminds me of New Mutant a bit. They basically made a better version of New Mutant. Oh, like like the movie New Mutants. Yep. Yeah. It's the, almost the same plot. Where there's, all there's, the people there's, in the school, there's, there's something not really right about the school. Well, here, here there's a, there's more than six kids at the school. <laughs> like that, that was true. You mean it's like that was that was it. It was those six kids. That was it. <laughs> so yeah, de- yeah, definitely, definitely way more kids. Um, there's like a whole competition aspect to it of like you get points for certain classes or certain like tasks, and there's like so, and then like freshmen are competing with like the upper class, and the upper class are like are like. We're the, we're the cool kids, like, we're gonna become, like, superheroes, and you're not, like, and there's a whole, like, new new group that's coming in, are, are gonna be the main characters. But yeah, it, it, it looks very much in line with what we've come to know from the boys' show, so definitely, it seems like you're a fan of the boys, definitely check that out. It's on uh, September 29th. And then, last trailer for the week is we got the first trailer for Castlevania Nocturne, which is the follow-up to Castlevania, the Netflix anime series, which is jumping ahead to 1792, 
and the French Revolution, and it's going to follow Richter Belmont, who is the hero of Castlevania Rondo of Blood, and appeared in other games in the series after that. And it's going to be a, pre- a prequel origin story um, that has never really been seen before in the Castlevania lore, because he just kind of showed up in Rondo of Blood, and there wasn't really any, or I mean, I'm sure it's probably like backstory lore at somewhere, but uh, this is going to be like kind of his, his origin story leading up to Rondo of Blood, I think. And also him, te- him teaming up with like Maria Renard and fighting vampires in French Revolution France. Did you ever play Rondo of Blood? I played Dracula X, which is like the inferior Super Nintendo version of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not too bad. It's a super ass game, and it's a hold up. Yeah. If you didn't Rondo know any Blood, better, know it's, it's, it's better totally graphics. fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they had to cut it down. Like, yeah, for Super Dragon X, they had to cut out. I think a lot of, like the like music had to get cut down, animation had to get cut down, like content had to get cut cut down because like obviously you had to cram like CD quality graphics and music into a cartridge. But the TV show looks good. It's more of the same. Yeah, same same animation style. Like Powerhouse Animation is doing the animation again. So same style. They haven't really said the cast yet, although IMDb mentions a lot of like the uh like OG Castlevania cast, like Richard Armitage and James Callis and Graham McTavish. So it seems like maybe there's gonna be flashbacks to like Trevor and Sypha and uh Alucard and Dracula possibly. Well, or Dracula I'm, I'm sure still be around. I yeah, because having cause, uh yeah. Also, if 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 this if this leads into if this is gonna have multiple seasons, and if they go into Rondo of Blood, and then maybe eventually Symphony of the Night, obviously Alucard is gonna be a huge factor in Symphony of the Night. So. I feel like it'd be cool to see an actual Symphony of the Night episode where it's really season. Alucard just doing season. Yeah, but I feel like we got previews of it already from the first season of. Yeah. Uh, the show, so I don't mind. I also don't mind if they keep on going with it and get to uh, uh, oh, like was it dawn or eclipse? The one where now it's like futuristic and it's they're in Japan and it's now the resurrection of Dracula and a Japanese guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a Game Boy Advance game. I don't know, it was really shocking that they ended the original series after three seasons, and then they got to the new I season, think, which, okay, that's better. I think there was four seasons of, the, of Castlevania, the original. Was it four? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Although, I mean, the first the first two seasons were like, what, two episodes each or something, three episodes each or something? Yeah, it was sure. like, yeah, it was like four episodes. And then they finally started expanding them in like the later seasons. But yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I think I think we were both huge fans of Castlevania. So if this is like same quality as that, this is probably gonna be a pretty awesome show. And and definitely one of the best like video game adaptations up there with like Last of Us <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. 
I feel like, I feel like the Castlevania anime kind of was like the first big one of like, oh, this now like video game adaptations are, are good now. <laughs> yep. I feel that way too, where they respected the source and besides a few creative choices, it still was a coherent story and the mm-hmm. level of, I guess, like homage of the original series and and easter eggs and references to some obscure things and tying it all together and then making it entertaining for someone who doesn't know all of that yeah it was pretty good like characters show up that if you play their games you know who they were but if you didn't it didn't really break the game the story you know like as if it was a game where it's like random character now like who is this they were good at that. And I feel that that's uh, in good trusted hands. I'm not saying that everyone could do that. Not every show can easily do that without being some crazy, crazy, uh, uh, like, info dump and just mm. only cater to your fans or n- don't even use the respected uh, <laughs> material. I'm trying to think about, like, it's been a while since we had that. I think now when you make a video game-based thing, they have to do it right, or else they're instantly going to bomb. My one hope for Nocturne is that they get to actual Castlevania music sooner, because that's what, like, that's what everyone was waiting for, for, like, the first one and a half seasons, was like, where's the music, where's the Castlevania music? Because that's such a huge part of the, the series, and then when they finally... They had that huge fight scene with like with uh actual Castlevania music going on. It was like, yes, mm-hmm. finally, it's Castlevania. Like there's there's meat in the wall. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh September twenty eighth is when uh Castlevania Nocturne is dropping on Netflix. So definitely check that out when it comes out. And then moving on to some other news. Uh mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is coming out next week on Wednesday, August 2nd, and already has a sequel movie uh, in development and a spin-off TV series, uh, Paramount Plus series in development. So yeah, so before the so before we even know like how the movie is going to do, um, Paramount is greenlit a sequel with the same director, Jeff Rowe, uh, and then it's obviously same art style and pick, it's going to continue whatever whatever happens to me mayhem is going to pick up in the sequel and then there's going to be a parent plus show called tales of the teenage mutant turtles that is going to feature episodes where each turtle kind of goes off on their own separate adventure and either teams up with, a, with like different characters or uh does their own solo thing it kind of it kind of sounds like what like the original comics but like way back in the day when they the original comics did like the one shots where it was like Ninja Turtles, Raphael, Ninja Turtles, Leonardo. It, it, was, it was like an issue where it was just the one turtle and they, they had their own adventure. So it sounds it sounds like this this spin-off show is going to be the, like similar to that where it's like it's a Michelangelo episode. He's he's doing his own thing. It's a Dantel episode. He's doing his own thing. And the, and the, and the show is going to be 2D animation. So it's not going to be the 3D animation like, you know, uh Mitchell's versus Machines style animation of the movie it's going to be like traditional 2d animation did they release any concept art yet no 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 yeah we have no idea what it looks like they just they just announced that they're making that and the sequel today so 
with but two seasons already greenlit, so there's gonna be a lot of a lot of Tales of the Ninja Turtles coming up. And and the Turtles voice cast, like all the kids who are voicing the Turtles in the movie are gonna be back to voice them in the, the show. That's cool. So yeah, I mean, hope I mean hopefully Muse Mayhem is great, and then we'll have lots more of that universe to dig into. I'm sure I'm sure we'll both try to see it uh, as soon as we can next week or the week after. It's I think it's the answer I think it's, reviews are already out I think it's like 95% on Rotten Tomatoes right now or something. So it's getting nice. it's getting very good reviews. I don't know maybe I'll go see Haunted Mansion instead. I heard that's a movie. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't, we we haven't seen Barbie or a Hoppenheimer yet, but we're gonna go see Haunted Mansion. <laughs> yeah, while everyone's up there seeing Barbie Hammer, we yep. are just in line to Haunted Mansion with like yep. uh, original merch from the Eddie Murphy version. In in the theater by yourself. <laughs> I, I I mean we don't know like, if you're hearing this, it's out, but we have no idea like. <laughs> How it's, how it's gonna do? I, I have a feeling it's not gonna do that well, especially up against the continued dominance of Barbie Heimer. Barbie Heimer, like it's just gonna. I think it's gonna be like another Disney flop. I've got hope that like if they keep playing it and with the writer and actor strike, and if it's the only thing in theaters for a while, it can sort of make back some money. Uh, kind of like how Elemental is now a success movie. Sort sort of. It, I mean, it did it. It's it did way better than its opening weekend would have suggested, because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's hung around for a while, like for like the entire summer. But the cost still is like it hasn't made enough to like break even or warrant the cost. Like at least in like the theatrical window, it's not gonna break even or make its money back. Really, I I I somehow read an article or something. Maybe it wasn't accurate that saying that. Eventually, it did make some money back, but maybe not enough to make it financially stable. Well, it's I mean, it costs two hundred million dollars, and then you factor in probably another like hundred million or or more for advertising and all the promotion. So that's like you know three hundred million or so. It's made three hundred fifty-eight million worldwide. So I mean, that's not really that much. Profit that be profit it might be like break even. Like break break even is probably like at least double, so it probably needs to make like four hundred million or more to like break even. So it might it might limp to like possible close to break even, but it's not gonna. <laughs> but it's definitely doing when it that weekend it came out with the Flash and they both were like it was like the lowest opening ever of Pixar, and then the Flash was also like a disaster. That was, people were like, oh boy. <laughs> Movies are not back yet. Yeah. Now they are. Gotcha. They're back. Barbie and Oppenheimer yeah, brought Barbie them back. <laughs> but uh, other news, uh, actually, I think breaking right before we started recording this, this week, is there's going to be a Lando Disney Plus show on, uh, yeah, for, for Star Wars with Donald Glover and his brother Stephen Glover writing it, and obviously Donald Glover back to star as young Lando. Why do I actually remember a rumor of that being uh, not a thing? It was like canceled or it was like bad news. They didn't approve, but that that's like real now. They uh, they're t- they were talking about it in the, like December of 2020, and um, 
actually speaking of Haunted Mansion, Justin Simeon, who is the director of Haunted Mansion, was attached to write it and I think also like maybe direct episodes of it. And he he since left the project and now the, the Glover brothers are stepping in to write it. It's just gonna be and one so it, crazy episode of Atlanta, but <laughs> yeah. So obviously set sometime between solo and or like post solo, I'd imagine. Or or I guess it could be pre solo. I mean, who knows? But but, but yeah, Don, but it will be Don Glover like kind of running around doing young Lando stuff. Which, I mean, fine. <laughs> I mean, Don Glover is probably... He's probably one of the best parts of Solo. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Orlando Lando is definitely one of the best parts of that movie. Yeah, I, I the movie got better when he showed up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no release date, no other details. They're just... They're, they're writing it. They're signed on to write it right now, so they're, they're working on that. I'm assuming they're probably working on that because they can't, <laughs> they're not acting anything right now, so. But I feel, is it a scab work if he starts writing something for this? If, well, I mean, I, they signed on, but I guess that, that I mean, they're not, if they can't actually write it, then they're not going to actually, they won't write until like, the strike's over. But they're signed on to, like, if the, I guess if the strike ends, they'll start writing it. Unless unless Don Glover isn't in the unless he's not in the Writers Guild, then he's not breaking the strike because he's not in the guild. But I'm assuming, I'm assuming he would be. Yeah, I, I just feel as actors and writers teaming up to not do like any work, it'd be weird if you know it, it's kind of like making someone on the production crew that isn't SAG certified or the Writer Guild certified. Is the Writer Guild also called a SAG? Well, it's the WGA, so the Writers Guild of America, and then SAG AFTRA is Screen Actors Guild and American Film and TV something actors or something. It's a great time for uh, pretty much Acronyms. the janitors of the companies to get yes. a new mm-hmm. position. Yeah. Someone or or script doctors who aren't any of those parts. Granted, that's how we got the influx of terrible uh, reality TV shows. Just people that had no real creative writing in them, but they knew human drama. Well, you also you also can't like if a script is already written and there's you you can start shoot. Well, they're not shooting because the actors are also strike. But like if the actors were on strike and they were shooting the movie with the script, you can't mm-hmm. like you you could not change the script. Until the strike, the writer strike was over, because you can't. Yeah. That's you need someone to write, the, you to write the changes. Yeah, you need a writer to write the changes. So you have to you have to literally just shoot the script as is. Or, I mean, like last last time, like Quantum of Solace and like Revenge of the Fallen, all all those terrible movies that came out post strike, like they were just like they had like an outline of a script, and that's there's like I don't know, we'll make it up. Oof. Or they had like non non guild uh, script writers write write based on the outline or something. And that's how we end up with some questionable movies. Quantum Solace. Yep. The like the end of like the 
was the second season of Heroes, I think, yep. or like Her- Heroes version. definitely got caught, got caught that that totally got caught in like the writer strike, the the, first, the previous writer strike. I think Lost, I think definitely got hit with that too. They they survived the whole strike though, like they made it to the end of their show. Yeah, yeah. Well, there were there were shows that survived, but like there was definitely whatever season the Writers Guild was ha- strike was happening, you could tell like the quality just went down. <laughs> like, but yeah, hopefully hopefully we get some more. Uh, we'll get some Lando news uh, in the future. We'll find out what that show is going to be about. And then last bit of news for this week is we found out I think this was at, I think this was at Comic Con for a DC like animated panel or just a DC sort of DC panel. But there's going to be a animated movie for Watchmen and an animated series, an animated movie for crisis on infinite earth. So like two of the biggest comic book stories of all time are getting DC animated movies. I feel like you don't really need an animated movie for Watchmen. Well, that's what I was thinking because it's weird because there was the what like motion comic that was actually really okay. good. Yeah, yeah it, so it, it's like, and that was I mean, this movie would basically be just like comic. Yeah. So it, it so this new anime movie would basically be a slightly more animated version of the motion comic. And then, and then it would just be like it would be like the comic version, not the Zack Snyder version. I guess it'll fall more in line to the HBO TV show, you know, that's based on the comic. Yeah, giant giant squid. <laughs> we'll get the giant squid this time, but not the mm-hmm. Doctor Manhattan bombs. I didn't mind the Doctor Manhattan bombs. No, that honestly. was that was. That was yeah, that was a perfectly reasonable change. Like, I guess, I guess they didn't think that people would like would like be able to take a giant squid. And then, like, but then a few like a few years later, we get fucking Starro and Suicide Squad. So times have changed. Oh yeah. And then Crisis Infinite, Infinite Earths is going to be obviously based on the the classic storyline. Um. It seems it seems a little early for that because we're we've, we're we're a little bit we're, we're like a year or two into like the new DC animated universe because they ended it with like that big Apocalypse War that was like their like Avengers that was like their Avengers Endgame where they like, they wrapped up like the first iteration of the DC animated universe now we're in like a new rebooted universe but now they're gonna do like Crisis on Earth already but are they can are they tying it into what's going on with the Flashpoint part two or is it going to be because yeah it feels like a that should have been the climax to another arc not or that, a that should have been not as yeah, an like, introduction like, yeah because we're only six movies into like the new animated universe like the the, the universe that kicked off with like superman man of tomorrow i think was or like was the first one and then all the other there's been like a few like War World just came out this week. That's like one of the new anime movies. Oh, I I totally not been paying attention to the rebooted movies. 
Yeah, because they had they had all all the ones up to Apocalypse War, and Apocalypse War re, like that was the end of that universe, and then it basically restarted, and then there's the, the what like the yeah I think it's I think Superman Man of Tomorrow is the uh, the first one that was the first one of the new universe. Okay. And all, and all the ones. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So there is t- there's something called the Tomorrowverse. That that's, the, that's the that's, that's the new universe. That's the new universe. Okay, so Tomorrowverse. Okay, I just I just yes. never knew that there was an actual word for mm-hmm. this fr- this timeline that they built. Otherwise, they call it the DC AMU, the DC Animated Universe, which ended, like I said, with Apocalypse War. And then, yeah. wow, they really because I'm looking at the timeline on Wikipedia between Apocalypse War that was in May, and then August, which was like, bam, we're back. Here's a new one, and then every third movie is a standalone. Soul of the Dragon, Injustice, Catwoman. Yeah, all, all, yeah, all those are like what ifs or like not in the like Tomorrowverse, I guess. Because the, the Tomorrowverse is like Superman Man of Tomorrow, Justice Society World War Two. Long Halloween, Green Lantern, Beware My Power, Legion of Superheroes, and Justice League War World. And then Wait, I guess and then I guess Halloween Pri- is part of the Tomorrowverse. Huh. Yeah. Part, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was part of like a stand. That was a complete standalone, just because pretty much no one else shows up in that besides Batman. You know, Batman is the only superhero in that one. Everyone else is a villain. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, so it's, so it's, so it's seven yeah. movies, which, yeah, it's, it seems a little, like, definitely seems a little bit early to do, like, a crisis. Unless, unless you're going to, like... they needed another superhero movie between that. You know, like, they needed, uh... So, yeah, there's only one There's only one Justice League movie. <laughs> so we, we barely, like, established this new Justice League. For this new Tomorrowverse. Oh, it was one that came out last week. Uh, World of War. Well, War, War World. Yeah, that's that's. But that's War the first War. one. It's like Justice. That's the first Justice League like branded like Tomorrowverse movie. Gotcha. Because there was just a Society, and there was Legion of Superheroes, but there hasn't been a Justice League. This is the first one. that's like a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Justice League movie for this new universe. Yeah, but now I got a question about the Justice Society because isn't that like Golden Age version? Yeah, that, that was. That was World War Two. That was like Hawkman, Our Man, Jake Garrick, Flash. Like, I see. I didn't watch that one, and I feel like I was confused. Justice Society with that other uh, Justice League movie that was where they fought World War Two again. New Frontier. Yeah, that one. That one's also weird because I think that one's also like not in that's like standalone that was that was its own thing too yeah that's a standalone oh and then justice league crisis on infinity crisis on two earths was sort of two earths yeah without without all of them and then only part of that is connected apparently so crisis on two earth had its own timeline and then doom sort of connects into that yeah uh, Mm -hmm that storyline but the doom storyline continues in justice league doom and then it just goes away 
then there's no more like versions of that. <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple of different timelines. Yeah, if you if you weren't aware of how the DC animated movies work and you just watched mm-hmm. them straight through, you'd be like, you'd be like, wait, how? Because because it's like one of them is like in the Arkham universe, the Suicide Squad movies are in the Arkham universe, and there's like. Oh, like the Dark Knight in the Dark Knight, yeah, and then there's another Dark one. Dark Returns, like, his own separate thing. Yeah, Harley Quinn the is like Batman Gotham Knights is sort is is the Nolan verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though that movie introduced you a whole bunch of questions that didn't make any sense in the <laughs> Nolan verse, I still can't get over the fact that Batman invented uh, like an Iron Man armor suit, and it's too good that he's like, I can't use this. Mm-hmm. Like, do, okay, I need. I want to get into it because it's still in my head as like a core memory. Uh, do you remember in this that movie? There's a the skit with the Iron Man costume where someone shoots at him, the bullet ricochets off the metal suit and hits the other like bank robber or someone, and Batman gets guilt because of that. He's like, oh, that bullet was like I could have stopped that. I could have prevented that guy from getting hurt from the bullet from the other guy. Mm-hmm. But granted, Batman has used the bad guys as human shields for getting hit. You know, like I, I don't know why <laughs> that was like he's he's thrown people into other people's gunfire. Yeah. But that one time And if it's his, if it's, if if it's the Nolan first Batman, he also was like to Ra's al Ghul, he's like, I don't have to save you. This didn't make any goddamn sense. And this is after letting Ra's al Ghul die. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm not even sure if the bullet actually hit his armor. He put, like, a bullet <laughs> repellent thing on his thing, on his suit. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, had a magnet... They go into depth about this goddamn bat suit, and then he just abandons it at the end. He's like, ah, I don't need it. That would be right. such a weird, I, like, if they, if they actually like brought if they brought that actually into like Dark Knight or something. It, but it makes sense where if Batman is in a dire situation, he can't defeat them with just his wits and his mind, you know, or or yeah. something out of his belt utility belt i've i've read I've, i mean I'm, I'm watching like highlights where batman will summon shit that makes no sense of why he has it but he built a contingency where he built a mech it's happened in other things uh like was it batman versus robin or robin versus batman the court of owls mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. he has a mech in the back cave just boom mech who's this for <laughs> and then in the comic, there is a mech. I think he has two mechs. One is um to stop him that it activates. It's what he trains with, and also what he um uses that as a protocol. If he ever kills this mech, gets activated and hunts down Batman. And that's in like a recent Batman comic. Mm-hmm. And then he has a mech that basically. Like is an anti Justice League suit that everything in the suit is um designed to take out the Justice League because now that they know about like the Doom Protocol, he needed something else. He needed something that wasn't going to be obvious. It was basically the whole 
contingency plan where the whole thing's made out of magic uh, is made out of it's 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 blessed with magic, so Superman's power it can't like fuck with it. It has freezing abilities to mess with Flash. It has some yellow components to mess with Green Lantern. It has fire to mess with Martian Martian, and then it also has magic. Oh wait, did I say that? Oh no. Yeah. It, he found some sort of metal that can can like mess with uh, Wonder Woman, and like that's what he has in his basement. Mm-hmm. You know, he built that, and it, it it's like yeah, it makes sense for a brilliant strategists that have like this like death machine in his like garage just in case the his friends turn on him which happens a lot in this universe you know in, in this story so yeah no batman can have a suit i don't mind one day even uh the batman v superman he legit had an armor suit like yes with him but, but that's but that's from dark knight return that was like from dark knight returns that was a classic batman suit <laughs> Well, yeah, the Batman cool Superman suit, yeah. Cool to see that basically he knew if you take out Superman, he's not going to win in a regular fight. He needed help. And I could see basically one day having that incorporated, but not in a hyped up marketing scheme because we all knew that was going to happen. That wasn't a surprise from the movie. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish it was a surprise, but we knew that was coming from just like the first trailer. But how awesome would have been a big reveal to see that mm-hmm. suit. Anywho. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, so, so Watchmen and Crisis Infinite Earths, they're coming out next year. And uh, Watchmen is, is getting rated R, so that it's going to be a hopefully a pretty, you know, faithful adaptation of the Watchmen comic. Uh, no, no other, no, like, definite releases, but just, yeah, they're, they're both next year sometime. I think that will Watchmen into the Tomorrowverse. Uh, maybe, maybe that's like the teaser at the end or something. Maybe they're, maybe they're part of Crisis. Maybe like Watchmen comes up first. And it's like the door, the portal opens up to like the DC universe. Because are, are they are, are all the Watchmen just in the DC like Doctor Manhattan just in the DC universe now? They're all like fighting Superman or whatever. <laughs> like, I was that the whole thing of like like that, that was, was the whole the like second event. New Fifty Two. The, yeah. the second or third one that they introduced uh, Watchmen as a thing. I don't remember. I don't know if they're still around. I haven't watched all. I don't ever re- read a lot of that. There's definitely. I remember. I didn't read it, but there's definitely an event where like Doctor Manhattan was like the main. Like I don't know if he was the villain, but it was like he was behind everything of the events. From like he was in a different universe, but he's manipulating all the universes. Oh, he he created the, he he created the new fifty two. That's what like they revealed. <laughs> he was responsible for Flashpoint, not the Flash. <laughs> Which I don't think we'll see in this in this animated movie, but who knows? <laughs> but that's that's gonna do it for news this week. So why don't you jump into show and tell? And Chris, what have you been watching over the last week or so here? Uh, so. I've been uh, I finished that documentary on American Gladiators, yep. Muscles and Mayhem. Uh, that 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 live tour episode is crazy, dude. That whole last episode takes a like a, a, a goddamn nine degree turn from what you expect the story to be, and it becomes so goddamn like emotionally gut wrenching mm-hmm. and sad. Like 
and and hard, it's like hopeful and respectable and then just sort of like it really emotionally plays with you i i kind of want to see american gladiator movie based on the like the the story not just i mean well, it's cool to see like, that like a, dra- like a like a dramatized like american gladiator yeah. movie wouldn't you based on the that error yeah. then like i said i think i told you before we were talking about it, you kind of wish they were trying to explain the second version of american gladiators but i i didn't i knew like this one focused so much about the original cast that it, and and it is very like at that last episode you realize how corrupt the executive that is like starting the show is like that woman who just sort of goes yeah they signed the contract not my fault they didn't read it like you realize yeah, how I mean, like insane she sounds and she justifies it by going like that's just the business I don't like it's not my fault like it, there it's a very like maybe she did say something positive or something. In a, in a defense or, or sort of acknowledging that it wasn't the best choices to do that, to screw over your gladiators. But the edits or just how she speaks, there is no sense of pity or um, empathy about it, right? It just sort of comes off as that's just the business. These people are dumb for not reading the contract. I, 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 I was just like so mad. Yeah. I needed like a minute to like resume watching <laughs> well, it was, just because of... it was it was probably it was probably at the time when they started it seemed like a good contract because they didn't realize how huge it was gonna be. Right, but then right. when it got huge, it was a terrible contract. <laughs> and the guys had like they, they, they had, like the guys had like like absolute point of like it's our like our faces are on video games, lunchboxes, posters, and toys, and we're not getting any money from it. You're just using our faces and you're getting all the money for it. And then, and then there's like, much and their then bodies like, and their minds destroyed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, well, you're fired. You, you're just, you're fired. All of you are fired. Yeah. We'll bring it. We'll bring it like terrible, like knockoff players. That's why it's crazy when that, uh, that woman at the end, like the executive Sora goes, yeah, he made his money, blah, blah, blah. And then she probably did start to talk about the second version of the show. And then the producers were like, we're not interested. Like, nah. Nah, nah, nah. We're not giving you more screen time to promote how awesome you are. No, no, no. I had that feeling. You know, I was judging from the tone of the first few episodes up until the end. I know I was curious to know how that started and what's up with that, those guys. But no, no. The... When they said, like, we were American Gladiators, like, it ends in such a, like, Hollywood, like, tone. I was like, oh, man. So cool. I, I wouldn't, I like... I want to hang out they with kind Nitro. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. They yeah, kind of hit at it, but I, I was, like, they hit it a little bit, but I would have liked to see more, a little bit more... Like, I think I mentioned, like, last week, but, like, the kid version, because that was such a weird thing. And then also the international version, because, like, I think they mentioned it on... Like I think it's the last episode, but it's like the especially like the UK version was oh, gigantic. The it, it was like, it was like even yeah. bigger than the American version. Like that, I never that probably heard of that one. I think it was I think it was just glad because it, it obviously wasn't American gladiators. I think they just called it gladiators. But I mean that 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 could probably be its own documentary by itself. It's just like these gladiators spinoffs and like the international versions and stuff. Find the, find those guys. Find those like, find the British gladiators and talk to them. Yeah, the the reason why these people 
became gladiators is interesting because it's not just randos they just picked it seems like they had to be athletic mm-hmm. so what was what was the, what was the thing with because that, that one like guy who was like the um contestant like the bald guy he got, he got like oh, a resting guy was, or something oh my god what a weird he was a he was a drug twist. cartel mule or something or yeah he he basically after gladiators then just like you thought he was be this wholesome like country guy and everything and he just you know did gladiators and then retired on a farm no turns out like he uses like he knew his skills of like how to hide shit and became a coyote like uh <laughs> yeah the like, human trafficker and then drug smuggler gangster and then he did years in jail but because he mm-hmm. he did he got caught in Mexico, and then because of his one or two times in American Gladiator on film, because that was really popular in Mexico, he had street cred. <laughs> like, the jailers <laughs> yeah. respected him. Mm-hmm. Then the mm-hmm. people in the jail, like, the prisoners were like, what? Like, that's, like, that's the thing, like, it drops at that last moment. It's so much to take in that I, I it goes up and down between where are they now? What's up with the gladiators? Some other contestant. Then this guy, who's just the outlier of just, okay, so what happened? And then it's like, yeah. And then I, you know, and then he's like, oh, I tell people about my story. I also have like five kids. And I was like, and he's like, I think he's like Christian. So it's like, what? what? That guy's out of a about... movie. That guy's like a movie character <laughs> that just stepped into this. And then this whole thing about that they screwed him over because he didn't want. He didn't want to shoot another show, so they're like, "Well, okay, then you're," or like, "Yeah, well, it was, like, I forget what I forget exactly what it was, but like, they want. I think it was because they want like they're gonna do like another show or like uh, more shows, and he's just like, I, "Well, I I don't want to be here anymore." <laughs> so it's like, "Well, all right, then you're, we're gonna come up with like we're gonna like give the come up with like a bunch of like fake penalties, and you lose." So, <laughs> oh, he was too. I my understanding was that. I I didn't know that the contestants stay on for a while. I thought it was pretty much like well that one the other contestant like, the other contestant like the woman who like like went like she was on like six times or whatever she's like like just on it constantly and like was winning constantly. She's mm-hmm. like the greatest contestant in the history of American Gladiators. Yeah, from my understanding, for her she was uh just like a natural athlete. And yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry they didn't make her a gladiator at that point. She's if she just kept, came back to kept winning all the time, just like make her a gladiator. Like, I feel like that that should be fair. Where after if you're the champion, you get to join them. Yeah. And then you pretty much are in it, and then you can leave when you want. But joining them is sort of the goal, and then it's then you're part of the gladiator. That's what it was. But I guess if, if you're not right, if you're not, if you're not like a bodybuilder, you're not, you don't want to do like steroids and stuff, then maybe that's not what you really what you want to do. Yeah, granted, it's a horrible uh, work schedule, let alone the consequences of uh, being in there so much. Because basically, they had to take roids, or else their body was gonna break down. And then, uh, and other stuff like whatever that like. Uh... The one thing they mentioned, that was like the painkiller thing that they, they took too, that wasn't it wasn't oxycodone, but it was basically like oxycodone. I wonder if it was just like heroin. It, it like it like numbs like the muscle. Mm, oh yeah, the injection thing. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's like oh, like 
it's instant relief and get rid of the next match tomorrow. Yeah. I think that was the, like the, the the tour episode because they they had to take that start t- taking on the tour or else they were like never make it to the tour. The tour made them so much money, but not the gladiators. Like the the but I guess the expense to drive around with eight trucks and move all the equipment was really bad. Yeah. The um, but the big thing for me was like oh you can do this like regional. I'm surprised they haven't figured out how to. I don't know, do like if ever if they ever want to do American Gladiators again, just have like a state thing where every state gladiator from America and then just kind of start eliminating who's the best. I mean, we have Ninja Warrior, but we only do Ninja Warrior, I think, in LA. So you have to go to LA, you have no one to compete against. You just compete against the time. Yeah. I would love if they combine the concept of Ninja Warrior, but there's a gladiator randomly. Shows up and fucks it, fucks around on like the course. I think we need a uh, a documentary now about some of the other like shows. Like we need like a Battle Dome <laughs> documentary. Did you ever see Battle Dome, Chris? I don't remember Battle Dome. Battle Dome was American Gladiators, but they made it more like wrestling, where it's like like Terry Crews was one of the guys on there, and it was very like they would have like like promos, they would cut promos like a wrestling thing. But it's but they would do like gladiator challenges, so it was like this very like it was like a mix of like WWE and American Gladiators. Okay. They played up, and then they also had like script they had like scripted like stuff of like, oh they're having a feud, and, and then they they even brought in like WCW. It was like like it was like a crossover between like Baldome and WCW for like a while. So there's more like season long arcs of like oh this guy hates this guy. <laughs> But they're also have to like fight, but they have to like do like, um, you know, the wall or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's regular contestants there, but then there's also Terry Crews yelling at a guy because he steals his girlfriend or something. Damn. Yeah, what was it? Terry Crews was? Yeah, he was T Money. Yeah, look, look up look up Battle Domes. That was that was like I remember that was on UPN when I was little, <laughs> like like Saturday afternoon or something. Okay, I mean, I, there was I, like it, it's cool to see more documentary things that aren't just typical like ESPN style. Just hey, here are the highlight reels and here's some awesome facts and that's it. Well, I'm definitely curious to see because there is a 30 for 30 American Gladiators one, which I've not watched yet. I'm curious to see how that is different from this one. I th- I think I, I think what I've read is that that one folk there's not I think there's definitely like gladiators interviewed, but it's more about like the producers and like the battle like about who actually created American Gladiators. Because I guess there's like a few between like was it Jerry Fer- Ferreira like the Elvis guy, and then some of the other people that created it, and there's like this like f- they were like arguing about who actually came up with the concept and like who oh was the concept and stuff like that. That makes sense. That's probably the more, uh, like, authorized version of the story where this was the unauthorized, so they can kind of yeah. say things Cause, off cause, the record that, and whatnot. Because that, that, that Jerry Ferrer, like, I, I, well, I'm not sure is he still alive. Jerry Ferrer, I don't know if he's still alive, but like, I, I mean, that guy, he, was definitely, he died from a if, drug binge. I'm not surprised. Yeah, but if he if he's still alive, then he definitely was like he obviously was not on this uh, American Gladiators episode or documentary, so. 
I, well, because they're like, hey, we want to know, like, all this. He's all like, I would see that guy and imagine, no, that guy does not want to talk about it. And a mm-hmm. quick Google search says, I think he's alive still. But he's only done American Gladiators. He has not produced anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still alive. He just lives in Vegas. I'm sure they, they, they probably went to him there, and he's probably like, hell no, I'm not going to do like... <laughs> I mean, he got his money. He he retired. Yeah. And then he opened up a whole bunch of gyms, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then now... Actually, no. And then I'm looking at now. Now he's trying to sell a movie based on American Gladiators. Like, he's trying to sell so, so- the... Your dramatized version. Yeah, yeah. But. Or, I don't know. It's like he's trying to make a movie. He might be trying to make a movie that is like American Gladiators, sort of like a post-apocalyptic concept. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm like reading this. I'm like, what is happening? If if Nitro stuff was in it, I'd be, I'd be down for it. It was actually all the, all the like, American Gladiators. It's like gladiatorial games. Crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that concept, you know, it's, it's silly enough, and it's like, you know, I could see uh, a gritty reboot idea, just, it'd just be mm-hmm. Thunderdome. Oh, you could book him, you could book him for Super <laughs> Oh, man. If you're in, if you're, um... Yeah, he can travel from Vegas to your whatever, uh, and then you could book him. Like, I just found, like, a speaking site where you can hire speakers, and he's one of them, and I'm reading his contact info. So, like, my birthday's coming up in a few months. <laughs> a personal appearance with Jerry Ferreira. Just seeing him just motivate us and talk. <laughs> and then he's just like, yeah. you know, I made American Gladiators. Like, all right. If I can do it, you can do it. Like, I kind of understand that <laughs> message, uh, Johnny. Yeah. But yeah, uh, anything else besides Muscles and Mayhem, Chris? So, I... Uh, I started, I watched uh, Hypnotic. Yes. Based on your review of it, your glowing review, that you don't want to get spoiled. <laughs> I don't know, I I don't know if it's it. glowing. I, I, I said it was insane, and probably... Definitely needs to be seen to like be believed <laughs> about how like it crazy it is. Totally is. It totally is a. Uh, you have to see it to understand what's going on, and even when you watch it, you can't believe what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, hypnotic. Uh, stars yeah, spo- ben spo- Affleck. Spoilers for, for Hypnotic. Yeah, you really, you did a good job it. by not giving it away because the movie having, I don't know, four acts or more, depending on how you want to approach it, is insane. And I feel this movie shouldn't be called Hypnotic. It should have been called, like, Domino or something. Yeah. Or, or, or um, The Division. Because everything about the naming in this movie seems so generic and 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 a derivative word from something else that probably is better, but this is just like a bonkers like idea. 
that it was, I think makes pilot- sense as a TV show if you groomed it out better. <laughs> right? Like, I think there's the, yeah. the ideas are a fun concept. I just don't think it works well as a movie. So I think, well, I think hypnotic, like most of the movie is, is probably the closest thing to like a Christopher Nolan title. Cause this whole movie is trying to be Christopher Nolan, but it's, but it's, but it's stupid. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like it's trying to be yeah. like, it's trying to be inception, but inception like makes sense. It lays out exactly what the rules are. And it, it's like, it's like a very understandable. It stays with it. The rules. Yeah, stay it, it, with it. Yes. Even if there might be, cause I know inception is not like a perfect movie. It's got potholes. It's got like, some creative liberties to sort of make sense fine you know but, hypnotic, but, but every, every bizarre yeah but like yeah it's like everything with like the levels and like how the time works in different in different levels that makes sense they laid it out very well this is like you, you go through like the first half of the movie and you think it's one thing and then you're like nope here this is actually what it is the rules are I would say different. only not even first half it's like every half hour there is something yes Reintroduce. This movie's only like an hour and thirty it's minutes. Like Ninety minutes. Yeah. Ninety minutes. Yeah. So it really. It, that's what I'm saying. There's three acts. Three. It's and every. It, it. You can feel distinctively when one part ends and there's a whole new reintroduction and then another reintroduction. Yeah. So. If you told me this was made by a no-name director, I would believe you. But the fact that Robert Rodriguez made this movie, it's just weird. With with none of his, like, flair or style or anything. It's just, it's like him just, yeah, it's him him trying to make a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, they said, like, make it it look like Christopher Nolan. (laughs) Don't put any of your your style or character into it. Just make it look like a Christopher Nolan movie. I mean, he hired his friends. He, He brought over some... Jeff Fahey's, but yeah, like is yeah. is like the only like is like he has to show up. I'm uh, shocked Dave Trejo is not in it. Alicia Braga is uh, Alice Braga, yeah. Yeah, she was from Predators, so it's like yeah, people he worked with, and probably Jackie Errol Hurley. He probably worked with him at one point, or probably. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked Dave Trejo didn't show up. As like I'm a, shocked a too. I mean, that something. is. Why was that not a uh, construct? Just say, hey, why is Danny Trejo here? It's like he's not here. Whoa. It's like, ta- <laughs> like there's a scene. This is like a scene at like a, a Trejo's Tacos or something. Yeah, and he thinks, oh, this is a great taco. It's like you're not really eating tacos. Whoa, it's a construct. When did this happen? Whoa. <laughs> That'd be fantastic if he's like thinks he's eating a taco. He's eating like a cardboard like cut like cutout of a taco or something, <laughs> or just hair. Oh. Like he's. Just, so, okay, so before we go further into the whole concept of the reality thing, let's get into the plot. But, like, do you want to go over the overarching plot? Because I feel like now is the perfect time to explain it. Because we've heard the episode before. It's just Zach only gave just the first level plot. Now we can get in the whole big reveal of what, like, the whole movie was about. And it's insane. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go first. So, the... The main plot, if Nanik, the one that just rip away from the bullshit trailer, rip away from anything the marketing material has said. The movie's about a world where basically psychics exist, and the two most powerful psychics had a beautiful psychic baby that mm-hmm. they basically are going to make an Akira. Yes. <laughs> like, they basically were like, we made an Akira they, baby. Okay. They work, they, they work for The Division. Oh my god, just such a bland name. 
And the division all dressed like everything they wear is red. Did you notice yes. that in the stupid nursing room and then the doctors and then the like delivery room and then the the, the like the training? Flash, the, the flashback where like Ben Affleck and Alice Brock are in like the the, the blazers. <laughs> the blazers is the is hilarious. It's not like that's their business casual. That's just what they wear all the time. Like no matter if it's a military op, if it's a exam if it's a casual friday at work just the dumb red blazers that is just low production uh costuming yeah it i makes, don't know it, it i would it, rather it makes them not have the blazers then yeah it makes them look like they're like ushers or like fancy pages for like a theater like if oh here's your seat me, sir like, but if you told me in in the john wick universe that the red blazer guys are another like faction a gang yeah it makes sense like they look like guys you would see in the background of an action movie that get picked off and they basically in real production time they're just trading the blazers to the next actor right to save you cost totally makes sense this this is supposed to be like a covert op uh like government are they? I don't know. What are they, what are they even Black training? What are they even do? What are they? What? Because they never explain anything they do besides try to like manipulate Ben Affleck. No, no. <laughs> don't so know anything they, like... do, they do drop like two lines where they said they are responsible for guiding and influencing major political and like economical changes in the world. Like that's the um, that's sort of like what what the division does and. They're, they're, they they want free will. There is a stupid, stupid uh, subtlety about like free will and commercialism and choice and almost like an allegory to uh, less government interference. Mm-hmm. Did you get that uh, vibe? It's almost well, like there's... they live. There, well, it's 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 in this construct, so it's it's maybe not even real. But like, there when Ben Affleck goes when they go to like the hacker guy, and then there's like all the like events that the hypnotics have been a part of on the wall, <laughs> like newspaper clippings and stuff. Or it's on it's like the computer screen of like, here's all here's I've been tracking hypnotics. Here's all here's everything they've been involved in, including like 9/11 and all sort of stuff. It's like. Yeah, essentially, that's what psyops are. It, it's a commentary. I think on, I mean, to me, this makes more sense if it was better handled, because it's it's how you influence people by doing something that normally is a little out of out of left field in order to influence like the true goal. And they call it psyops just because it messes with like your psyche. And that's like a real thing to some degree. Uh, marketing do, does that all the time. You know, it's, it's sort of like people say the buzzwords and then it's like you subconsciously do it. It, it is sort of hypnotizing. It it really does work on susceptible people or sort of people in that moment, in that category. It This is like ideal things. And that's just kind of how humans are programmed. You know, like we're suckers for certain concepts and 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 in concepts that really um draw you in to do something so fine right 
granted, like me and you, Zach, we're both action fans. Like we're we're prone to like watching action movies, regardless if they're mm-hmm. good or bad. It's just like, okay, like this is for us. And if a company targeted us, that's just what happens. Like you're targeting marketing. So you just know your demographic. But like it doesn't even do that well to get deep with the concept, right? It's sort of just it's sort of like a play around concept that I feel like they stumbled in and just, oh shit, like look, an allegory. Uh anyway, anyway, let's keep going. Like that was an accident. We didn't mean to like we didn't mean to trip into like how marketing works. But here's the insane thing. A movie about tricking people and and influencing their choice didn't do even a good job in tricking people to go watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You know, it's a high concept movie and they didn't think it was too high concept that no one could just walk in and watch it. And I'm pretty sure, you know, the reviews, the the fan reviews and everyone that else has seen Hypnotic saw the first half and was like illegit up like the second twist of the movie and went, fuck you, movie. Like, you're not clever. Because even when you do the big reveal and it turns out that Ben Affleck is also a psyop or, or uh, a, a hypnotic, hypnotic and it comes off confusing because that means in the movie like I think um, we talked about this earlier Zach where the villains purposely put hypnotic in the in the word into the the guy's mind because at that point he did not know what hypnotic was he unlocks it by accident yeah Ben Affleck and Alice Braga intentionally erased each other's minds so they wouldn't reveal where their daughter was but the one person knows what hypnotic is and so got reprogrammed by the bad guys but it's not really shown how she got reprogrammed it's just mm-hmm. it's supposed to be that it was an agreement or that's probably the plan the whole time is like keep her in the division and then yeah you didn't know that <laughs> he okay at the end of the movie it's revealed that they were so they had a plan everything was into their plan yes so it kind of makes sense later see that now this is the thing see we're i'm doing gymnastics sort of explaining bad plot where he purposely wiped her mind to like a good point where when she reached she gets reprogrammed by the hypnotics which you don't see really you just have to assume from just really quick dialogue very fast Mm -hmm. dialogue it's like a one line and forget it thing so that basically she's now hunting and trying to trick Ben Affleck, who has also wiped his mind, but not completely, because once he can get, like, the key trigger word, he goes back to normal, where, like, she was completely yeah. wiped and had no idea about the trigger word or anything. She was, like, she was unaware, like, the audience. I guess she's supposed to be the audience character, right? However, <laughs> the problem is, is that, like, it sort of then makes sense in the beginning where she keeps saying, oh, no, maybe she's because she's the one who tells Ben Affleck what hypnotics are. So it's not like William Fickner showed up and went, you're hypnotic. It's like it was like a joint thing between her character and William Fickner's character. So did she plant the idea to keep bringing hypnotics so that hopefully one day he can remember what hypnotic is and like make it a deep seated memory 
that was a, that was a she, subtle part of the plan, like the daughter's plan the entire time, is to make her say, like, I have no idea. It's just because of hypnotics. But, like, I of, okay, of the dumb plan that the, that Ben Affleck and Alicia, I mean, that, yeah, ben, ben Affleck and Alicia Barga had, and then the daughter had, like, another plan that was sort of a well, that was, spin that was on the their mas- plan. That was the master, that was the master plan. It was the daughter's plan, because that was the whole yeah. master's, like, her plan was the, like, end game of everything. Yeah, it's to wait for her to get stronger somehow, like Jedi training, just... <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Fahey is just training her, like, yes, yeah, use your use your mind powers. <laughs> like, And that, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, giant holes. It wasn't like she was being trained by another hypnotic. It wasn't like she had, like, a rebellion group to, like, go to and help. Just, she sort of did this on her own. Mm-hmm. So she just, for, just set up a lot of dominoes. She just kept yeah. up setting up dominoes. Oh my god! See if, if she yeah. So she set up dominoes, and I get it. As I said, the movie should have been called like dominoes, or there probably is a word for the first peg in a domino that sets off the chain events, right? There probably is mm-hmm. some sort of weird term or some German word that they could have used besides hypnotic, because it they throw that word around like it's something really like like a superhero thing or like a, like an agency yep. thing. And the rules for how this works makes no goddamn sense. I get her, I get the daughter being a brilliant strategist. It actually is a brilliant plan for her side, right? However, the bad guy's version plan is so dumb, but their whole thing is using your brain and having different brain waves. And they could figure out this thing and their whole gimmick is figuring out things it, it doesn't matter if you're like a psychic if you have no plans or no kind of like intellect or strategy you're just a person who knows all these things but you have no idea how to put them together you know what i mean like you have to be very creative and then also have like a good tactical mind to think about like the possibilities well they, you know, they, just, what, keep, they just keep making it more and more complicated of what they can do what their power sets are because yes. If, if if it was just like Purple Man from like Jesse Jones, where like you you tell someone something and they have to do that thing, or they believe that thing, that's that's that that that, that could have been like the only power they have. But then they have like Inception powers. They can like make they can like manipulate the world. And they, so it's like but at like one point like sees like trains on the in the in the sky like it, like the world warps around him, and then they can make like Matrix style like fake realities. Yeah. And and mind wiping. It's almost and, like a Rick and Morty like reality bending kind of bullshit like oh no it's been a it's not even like it's been a dream the whole time it's oh my brain only sees this right now meanwhile everyone else is just staring at them waiting for them to like do the next move yeah yeah they, they do the terrible like like south park when they had like the psychic battle like it's been like ben affleck and like william fickers like staring at each other while like like the screen vibrates i okay so the hypnotic thing, I could not figure out how it works. Because it seems like, does it work only when you look at the person? And then it's like, yeah, up until a certain point in the movie, then it's just, as long as you're near them, you can give off the brainwave, I guess, that like you don't even be aware of them. You can just set it off. So if you enter the domain... Of that. Yeah, because the bank the, the bank heist thing is to, like makes perfect sense. Like William Fitter is like walking in and telling people different things, and they're doing that those things. Yes, but then it is but then, yeah, suggestion. 
makes sense yes. if it, everything is sort of physically uh, real and not mentally like the the true thing that Ben Affleck is seeing, like in, in his version, you know, like I, I it's so goddamn stupid to explain that, but. Yeah, because when because later when when Fitner is like in the train yard and stuff, he's just like standing there silently, like staring at Ben Affleck, like just like like I guess generating hypnotic waves at him or something, and that's why Ben Affleck is like seeing like crazy visuals. And but he's up, but then he has a a mental block that's like for that his daughter put on him that's protecting him, but it's like but it only lasts a certain amount of time because when Fitner is so powerful or something. Yeah, uh, and then. Some of the contract rules where if you have an outline or certain key, like one or two key things sort of representing like whatever a building. <laughs> a building or a person or an action, your brain fills in the blank. Because that makes sense with the, you know, the whole suggestion thing. But like the purple man, he can only suggest what he sees. He can't really suggest something that you know I me mean, he need and for that it's very simple his thing is go do this all right i don't care what happens yeah. just go do it right this is very complex in terms of the world building they they hypnotically suggest it to ben affleck in his brain like hey you're a cop you look like this you dress like this you know this much yeah, information they, they basically they had like, to build a whole story he's in the ba- He's basically in the Matrix. Like he's yes. in like the he's like, he's in like the Matrix. He's in this like other reality. But he's then plugged into some he's, reality, yeah. But then, but when you see it, it's like, oh, he's just walking around a shitty back lot. Like, he's like, he's walking around Rodriguez's like half, half like not set up back lot, driving around in a golf cart, tapping metal, <laughs> like. And then, I don't put I got, the the scene that gets crazy. Well, well, the one thing like he's when he when he first like wakes up and he realizes like oh, I was in I was in a fake reality. He's on like a bed, like he's in, he's on like some sort of like device bed thing, which that should have just been the thing like oh they strapped into this device that made him think he was like in this other reality. But then they show you like no no he no he had to he had to walk actually walk around and like do things for them to like do the construct. Yeah, it's a very big like production that it it just seemed like a giant waste of money and time for this division to make them do can you imagine you're you are a hypnotic person and in order to unlock the super hypnotic you have to pretend for 12 takes about this daily life in generic city you know it's like all right you gotta stand here i gotta pretend to read the newspaper so that like you know danny can freak out and do this move and blah yeah. blah blah you know like it's, just, it's like it's like Jill. It's like it's like, hey, Jill. You're the we're like you have to take your shirt off every time because we're gonna tell you it's hot. You have to like walk in the middle of the street and like get, like have cars crash around you. And you gotta make sure Ben Affleck sees you, or else none of this works. I don't. Know. It, it again, we can dissect the small details about it, but the the basic de- plot line is crazy. However, yes. I could say that this movie probably would be better. In a comic, like if you can, if you can explain things and figure out maybe a coherent, like explanation of the whole concept, not just rushing the last ten minutes of the movie to explain everything. I think this would be would have been better, but I think the yeah, size def- of- 
definitely cut out cut some of the like like more complicated like make it less complicated like just make it like simplify a lot of the stuff because because a lot of it's just like a hat and a hat on a hat of like oh they're it's the a construct but then it's actually ben affleck's plan but it's actually his daughter's plan it's but actually he's a hypnotic it's like they just keep like they just keep adding like all this other like extraneous stuff onto it yes they they could have <laughs> trimmed that fat that move that that concept has so much like excess that it doesn't have any emotional impact to anything like the the movie where it's literally it's literally just William Fichter is like a super powered evil hypnotic guy and Ben Affleck is actually a cop and he's actually trying to hunt him down that that would have been Bye. like a, a perfectly fine movie. <laughs> If the twist at the halfway point is that that's all a lie, and then you get this other version, fine with that too. But having it be some triple, quadruple bullshit uh, master plans that keep colliding and really rely on just dumb luck. You know? It's like, yeah, it's like, you, you thought you thought your, your plan... Your plan is actually my plan that I set into motion uh, years ago with my daughter, who's her plan is the master plan, and you, you you're all just like, all everything that you guys are doing is part of her plan. And then, yeah, it, I get William Fickner's bumble like it like the degree where the division is this like covert op thing and it's just like they got tricked so easily mm-hmm. i don't they even need to even be getting a super sci like a, a messiah hypnotic person that they're like oh my god this is going to be like the ultimate weapon they, they couldn't get their own shit together you think they're going to control the <laughs> ultimate weapon yeah so that that part was weird uh, but it's definitely worth watching at least once to just experience how crazy of a high, like this should have been a trade to DVD movie mm-hmm. in terms of what actually like plot wise happens because it just seems like a art house sci fi movie. But it's got a full production and it looks okay at times. It has sort of different tones, especially when uh they're in the bunker. And it becomes like a neo noir kind of like film for like a split second. <laughs> where, where Ben Affleck is like constantly like having to force himself not to murder Alice Praga. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's just like, I got a knife. Do you think they actually had sex and everyone had to sit there and watch? <laughs> See? That's what I'm saying. Those movies introduce yeah. so much weird, like, wait a minute. It's just like, they're behind like a glass, just like, yep, all right, this is happening. This, this is the 12th time, time they've happening. done this. <laughs> yep. And then William Fickner has the line was, yeah, we up until this point, you always break free. Like, we've done this 12 times, and we're going to do it again. It's just like, what? Try something different. Don't tell, don't, don't give Ben Affleck the idea of hypnotics. Just have him pretend, have him pretend to be an awesome cop. <laughs> a, dep- a sad, a sad cop. So, the thing I don't understand is that the... The daughter's plan was to send herself a photo of back when she was six, right, to the division so that they would chase, at, they would show Ben Affleck and then have him do this again. 
Well, she sent it to she sent it to Ben Affleck. She sent it to Division because like she sent it to the, the Division. Who then the photo the photo is like yeah. Then the Division's like, oh, this is a clue from Ben Affleck's daughter, but we don't know. Or, or this is a clue to like where Ben Affleck's daughter is. Domino is. But then we need to we need Ben Affleck we need to trick Ben Affleck into telling us or like trying to figure out what it actually means because it just says like find Lev Del Rain or whatever it says on there. So, but the picture is actually the trigger. If ben, if ben Affleck sees the picture, then it triggers his like memories to come back eventually, and then he's like, oh, I, I know what this means. I'll 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 go get my daughter. But the the concept is have they been showing him that photo twelve times, and now it finally <laughs> took the dir- the thirteenth. Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, I, I might have not paid attention because my brain was turning off. But when he realizes that he's being in a, he is being tricked, he, he, um, he kind of breaks out of it somehow. Like, yeah. I, they don't explain how he was able to break out. He just sort of does. And you're like, how? Because they, yeah, they started over again, but they, they show you the beginning of the movie, but they show you like the shitty version that he was actually in, where he's like not in a car, he's in a golf cart, just like driving around mm-hmm. a back lot. And then, but then, yeah, somehow he's like, oh, he was he was still aware that of of like his powers and everything. This time he actually got out somehow. Somehow, like <laughs> you don't know I, why. I missed yeah, something, but it's like so they've been showing this this photo. Took him twelve tries for it to stick, and the thirteenth tries where like he made his way out. Yeah. Right. Is that it? Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't explain that at all. Like that's just, that's just, us just guessing. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no explanation of like why he didn't realize the sooner, or why he like, he couldn't use his power sooner, or like why he like constantly do it. Yeah, no idea. I don't know. Maybe uh, some viewers, you know, more and more people will watch this, and just it's definitely gonna be this year's biggest bomb. Uh, one of them. I, well, but, like the, you the know, Flash it, it, is it's like the Flash. The thing is, this wasn't a terrible movie. It just was a very dense concept that it's, had it's, no it's, reason. It's wait, it's. It's way too over. It's like way too over complicated. Like, but I guess Rodriguez has been working on this for like twenty years. Apparently, he got first got the idea in like two thousand two. That makes so sense. Like he, probably saw, like he, he probably saw Memento when it was. I want to make that. It's basically Memento yeah. with like a ton of extra steps. And then he saw Inception. He's like, oh yeah, let's so add some of that stuff in there. Like he's 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 kept yeah, watching no, he, Christopher he, Nolan I, movies. You're right. He just wanted to be Nolan. Like if you think about yeah. it, in two thousand two. That's only a year after Memento. Memento is about photog- like a photograph with like shit written yep. on it. It's all encrypted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yep. is fucking trying to be a Memento. This is Memento with guns, like a lot more guns. But then, but, but then he kept seeing like new Christian Nolan movies. Like he saw Inception, and then had, like oh, we're gonna add all this like world warping stuff and like more like comp- we're gonna make a more twists on it. So, like <laughs> he's just like he's kept adding like like random Christian Nolan things he liked. <laughs> yeah, this is a fanboy film. However. Have you ever seen a movie made by a director who just aping another director's style and has done well? I've never seen a movie that basically wants to be something, especially comedies, when um, an, a director is a fan of someone's style and then mimics it, and then it's like, this isn't your movie. You could definitely tell. Yeah. The, the biggest one I think of that was Zack and Mary Make a Porno, and that was a Kevin Smith film made, trying to be a Judge Apatow film. Mm-hmm. And that did okay, but it, you know, it definitely wasn't a Kevin Smith film. Uh, not because it wasn't Jane Silent Bob, it just the tone and everything just felt like a Judge Apatow movie. Uh, this definitely wanted to be 
a Nolan movie from the 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 shots and the seriousness and the tone. It just, but it had no soul of its own. And then yeah, I just this movie is bizarre. It's not a bad. Yeah, it's watchable. It's just confusing and like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's entertaining and sort of like. Uh, Huh, like that that was something kind of way, you know. It, it, it I don't I don't know the next time I'll watch this movie, maybe if I watch it in a group has like a good amount of them have never seen this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not on like any sort of like free streaming ser- or like quote unquote free service yet. It's still like a rental. If this shows up like a Netflix or something, then I think it probably a lot more people are going to be like, "Hey, have you heard of this crazy hypnotic movie?" Like I feel like it, it might be a cult like a very weird cult here later on in life when it's like you look back at the like movies and you're like 2023 yeah you're like what's this ben affleck movie yeah i don't know i feel like i'm very prepared for the 20 years from now some hipster generation is going to defend hypnotic (laughs) he's not he's not great (laughs) like the, the best, know, oh, secretly the best movie of 2023. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not even shitting you, and it's gonna be one of those like someone's gonna make a weird, uh, J tube review, J tuber of of hypnotic, and it's gonna be like showing up on a top ten like unappreciative hit movie. I know this movie's not for us yet until like there's an <laughs> actual hypnotic division in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's that's it for me. Uh, what about you, Zach? What can you say about your watching habits this week? Well, I saw a couple things. So I finally got around to seeing The Pope's Exorcist, or as uh, Russell Crowe would say, The Pope's Exorcist. Because. <laughs> Uh, if you enjoyed Russell Crowe's Greek accent in Thor Love and Thunder, he's doing an Italian quote-unquote accent in here. <laughs> and it's just as ridiculous as that movie. But yeah, Russell, Russell, Crowe, Russell Crowe does good accents besides American and Australian. He, he's, for some reason, he's, he's stumbled onto this like weird, vague, whatever 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 accent he thinks this is, like the Greek Greek slash Italian accent that he's been using. Like he thinks, he's like, yep, yeah, that's like, Got it. That nailed it. That's that's what his voice is. <laughs> and he's been used to, like he's yeah he's used to, like variations of that for like the last few movies he's been in. He does okay but, British accent now and then, but no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no, he's 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 definitely not a vocal chameleon like uh say like a, a Hugh Laurie or someone <laughs> or Idris Elba. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, but, but yeah, Russell Crowe Russell Crow is playing an actual. Uh, like real life exorcist, uh, Gabriel Amorth, who was the chief exorcist for the Vatican from, I think it was from like the 80s to 2016 or something. And this Pope's exorcist is like ostensibly based on his, it's, well, I think they said it's based on his case files, quote unquote, but it's, this, this movie is so crazy as far as like the events that it's like, it just, this is like actually based on something that actually happened. It's 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 insane. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's I think it's like very very loosely based on his 
like real life cases that were much more like 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 uh therapy sessions than now like battling demons like in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, but basically, yeah, Muscoel is is Gabriel Morth. He gets sent to Spain because there's a family that moves from America to Spain. They're like they're they inherit this uh old uh like church in Spain. Like it was in their is like in their like father's family, and the father died, and then they are going there to like fix it up and sell it. But then it turns out this church in Spain or this abbey in Spain was secretly sealing in demonic forces, and so the 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 son of the family gets possessed by a demon, and so then Russell Crowe has to go uh, there and he teams up with like this young Spanish priest, and they have to fight the demon together. Lot lots lots of uh, you know typical exorcist stuff. There actually is some really cool, fun like creepy exorcist stuff. You would like you know contortions and. Uh, the, like the kid, it's this little kid like saying this like disgusting, vile things to Russell Crowe, and like dragging up like their like past like their past sins, their past transgressions, and like showing them like visions of things that they did that they're ashamed of. Like uh, Russell Crowe was like, because well, like the demon, the demon is like looking into their mind and like seeing things and like is like showing them things of like, oh, this is this is your sin, Father Amorth. Like this is what you've, this is what you're ashamed oh, of. Oh, like stares in their soul. It sees her, it's, yeah, it sees her soul or something. I don't know. Demon powers. <laughs> but yeah, there's like there's a thing where like Father Amorth fought in World War One, I, I think, um, or World War Two, and he kind of like his his whole squad got killed, and instead of like fighting, he like pretended to be dead, and like so he survived, but he was like a coward, quote unquote. So that's he's ashamed of that. So the, the like the and then there's also like another girl that he thought was just mentally ill and she was mentally ill, but he like, she like committed suicide because he wanted to help her. And the, the, so he's also like very like distraught about that. So that she, so he keeps like, so the demon keeps bringing up like a vision of the, this girl and, she, and then like talking as her and like taunting him. But then, but then you get this whole, there's a whole crazy conspiracy of there's like secret rooms in the Abbey and like the Vatican knew about what was going on here. It gets to this like, conspiracy kind of like there's like this deeper conspiracy and like there's like past events and then then it gets like basically like a, a crazy like it was it basically comes like constantine or something where it's just like now there's like actual like it's like a portal to hell and like demons and stuff so it, it gets what? crazy it gets crazy by the end of it like Why and it's it like, like come doom basically yeah it, it's very it's very it, it's like very uh very crazy toward the end and like especially like what happens what happens to like Russell Crowe <laughs> like it's at, toward the end and then they also they also they also set up like which I don't I don't know if, I don't I think this movie did okay but I don't think it's enough to do a sequel but they basically set up a sequel of like oh man you, you stop one portal but there's like 200 more portals around the world to stop you gotta go. Father Morty, you gotta go stop them. It's like, it's like, it's like they're setting up this like buddy cop, like these like game Russell Crowe, this like young Spanish priest, you're gonna go like around like fighting the other demons. What? Like, how do they fight them? Like, do they just throw water at them and then that's it, or it's like yeah, keep it's, crying it's, at it? Yeah, I mean it's it's like you know classic like exorcist like stuff. You you have like special prayers you say. You like yeah, you throw holy water on them. You like uh. It, it, I think it's, it, it's mostly like the past. You read certain passages in the Bible, or like certain like special like Latin phrases, and that fights the demon. 
And you also, you also have to, like, you have to learn the demon's name, and that helps you, like, fight the demon, because if you know this name, you can, like, like you can, like, fight it better, because then you, you, like, power over it. But yeah, it's 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 a solid exorcist movie. If you're if you're if you're into like exorcist movies, if you want to see just like a fun kind of like creepy exorcist movie, and if Russell Crowe was not in it, it would definitely be like way more generic and and bad. But like Russell Crowe definitely like brings like another layer of like ridiculousness to it. <laughs> he rides like he's constantly like his church is like constantly riding around like a Vespa. Like that's like his main way he gets around it like to like different places. So it's like you, you see like Russell Crowe just like riding on this little Vespa like driving around Spain and driving around like Italy. And, and also like like wait, it's supposed to be like the 50s? it's the it's like the it's it's the eighties it's like eighty seven I think which he's actually, World actually War one yeah and now he's and now he's a uh, uh the chief exorcist for the uh the the Vatican yeah he would be like eighty I think he was like twenty or something or like early twenties in like World War two so he's he, I guess he's like that be forty, so sixties, I guess. He's he's fighting the demon in this movie. Well, it's supposed to be the eighties, right? Yeah, but he was like he was twenty in like World War Two, so that's like the forties. So oh, World War Two, I think it's World War One. No, yeah, I, I think I said World War One, but the, it's 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 World War Two. Gotcha, gotcha. No, yeah, he, he, that'd be he'd be the ancient old man trying to fight the. I know, that's what I was like. There's actually speaking of the eighties, there actually is some like like which must add it's like the budget a little bit but there's actually some like pretty big needle drops too of like you know like 80s songs in the soundtrack <laughs> you know stranger things was hot so they're like you know stranger Pope. yeah but yeah it's a solid fun exorcist movie not you know not gonna revolutionize the exorcist genre but it's definitely fun and uh russell crowe definitely makes it takes it like another level of like just like his his accent his like a, a, like kind of like attitude his like the way he like plays his character is like takes it makes it like beyond a standard kind of like exorcist movie and then i also saw transformers rise of the beasts which just hit paramount plus i think it hit paramount, paramount plus uh either like last friday or this week I think I think, it was, I think it was last Friday. I think it hit Paramount Plus. Um, so, it's, so it's on there right now. You can watch it there. I missed it when it was in theaters. Um, so got, finally got a chance to check it out now. Definitely, definitely one of the better Transformers movies. Uh, definitely, up to, I, I think definitely picks up the the you know baton from Bumblebee fairly well, and much better than any of the Michael Bay movies. And the first the first Michael Bay movie is fine. It's probably the best of the Michael Bay movies. This one's definitely better than all of the sequels by far. <laughs> like the Transformers actually look like G1 Transformers that you would like you would want them to look like. They're not like just like jagged shards of metal <laughs> like the, like the Bayformers. <laughs> and it also it brings in the Beast Wars characters, which I you know kids in the '90s like like you and me, Chris, like we're, we're like we're huge Beast Wars fans. Well, yeah, the uh, the first version of them. I watched it up until they left the planet. Yeah, not, not follow, Beast Machines. <laughs> yeah, Beast Machines. I didn't watch Beast Machines. No, Beast Machines is terrible. But yeah, actual Beast Wars, great. And it, it also has like it has Unicron in it. So, uh, which I think they tried to do in like Last Night or something. I can't. Like, one, of the, one of the Michael Bay movies had tried to bring Unicron in, and it was terrible. 
this is actually a good use of Unicron. Like, Unicron looks exactly like he did in the, in the animated movie. Like, it's just a big, you know, horrifying Death Star with, like, teeth. And, and then, um, he, and it, basically, when the movie kicks off, like, they destroy the Maxwell's home world, which is different from Cybertron. They live on a different planet than what? the Autobots. So they're, 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 yeah, they're, I, I think, I think it's only for this, I think this, this movie is like, sets that up. I don't think, that, I, I think that like the canon of like Beast Wars was that they were like the future, they were like descendants of the Autobots and, and Decepticons. Yeah, they were the future. Here, yes. But yeah, here, here they're like a separate, they're like a separate species of Transformers. They live on different planets. But they have like a key that will like let Unicron transport anywhere he wants in time and space. And but then they they escape to Earth and like hide it so so that basically the whole movie is like uh Scourge who's like Unicron's like main henchman and his like terror cons are trying to find the transwarp key and then they if they find it they like they, they have Unicron come and like eat Earth basically and then they eat then go out and like eat the rest of the universe and then so then, so then you have the Maxwell on Earth and you also have the Autobots who are on Earth which which is like it's Optimus, it's Bumblebee, it's Mirage, who's voiced by Peter Dinklage, or Peter, uh, Pete, Pete Davidson. Peter Dinklage is, is Scourge. So there's two, there's two, two famous Peters in the movie. Um, and yeah, and then, then all the, all the Maxwell's, like Ron Perlman is Optimus Primal. Whoa. And like, and like, uh, Michelle Yao is, uh, Air Razor. So a, a lot of, like, a, a Recognizable voices for the, the Autobot, like Autobots and Decepticons and Maximals this time. And then Anthony Ramos from, uh, oh, what was that? What's that? In, in the Heights, the, the, like the, the, uh, musical from last year. Yes, the, the, like, uh, Limo Miranda musical. He's the main star of that. He's the star of this one. And Dominique Fishback, who was in that movie, uh, in Power with, uh, Project Power with Jimmy Fox. She's also the co-star. They're, and they're they're definitely like way better than like any other human characters have showed up in like other <laughs> Michael. Be- like they're way better than Mark Wahlberg or like Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> like they're like actually like likable and they actually have like interesting like like they're like actually like you know plot wise like integral to the plots and makes sense for the plots. <laughs> And like it, and they find out like like an actual like like reason for them to like be like involved in like this like Transformers war. So that's so that's definitely a huge improvement too. It's like actual like interesting human characters. Although Bumblebee, I mean Haley Steinfeld and John Cena were fun in Bumblebee. So. And this is a tie-in to Bumblebee, right? Like it's one continuous. This is, is yes. Yeah, I think I think Bumblebee is basically like a soft reboot, and then this is like so this is the sequel to Bumblebee, although. I think you can jump into this one without having seen Bumblebee because they only make like one. There's like one line referencing Bumblebee. And that's it. <laughs> so there's not really any sort of like characters to come back from Bumblebee except for Bumblebee himself. But like basically, literally at one point, like like uh, like so, like Optimus' arc in this movie is like he's, he doesn't want to work with humans. So he doesn't trust humans. Wait, what? And then I thought Bum- he did by the time Bumblebee happened. No, I think I think they're like yeah, because because like. Obviously, like in Bumblebee, like there would be like Bumblebee's would be hunted by John Cena, like his government agency or whatever. Like Haley Stamble is like the only like human that was helping them at all. So I'm just still worried about humans helping them. 
especially about something that can like get them home because like the transfer key can like get them home. So it's, it's like super important to him to get it. And he's like, I'm not going to trust humans to like for something this important. And, but then so there's like one line where like, he's like, I'm not, yeah, we can't trust humans. And then Bumblebee's like, but they're my friends. And he's like, I know, I know one human was like you once, Bumblebee, but this is different. <laughs> like, that's the only like reference to Bumblebee at all in the, in the entire movie. Like one line, not even mentioning like, any, like Haley Steinfeld by name, which is like, yeah, that one human in the 80s was, was nice, Bumblebee, that's fine. <laughs> it's, it's 90s now. So this takes place in the 90s. Yeah. Like, like, like 94 is when it takes place. So there's a lot of like there's a lot of, a lot of musical like musical uh, needle drops and fashion and pop culture references they go to go along with the 90s. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's um definitely one of the be- well, yeah definitely one of the best Transformers movie. If you're if you're disappointed with like the like terrible terrible Michael Bay sequels, like this one's definitely a huge step up from those. It's it's fun to see the Beast Wars characters in you know like quote unquote live action. I, I was a little, it's a little disappointed that there weren't any Predacons, like because it's just it's just the Terracons. Like it would have been fun to see like uh you know like T, like T Rex Megatron or something or like any of the other Predacons, but they're not they're not in here. There's, and there's also a crazy uh kind of it's not, it's not post credits but it's right before the credits there's like a setup for a sequel that's also set up for like a shared universe, like like a, like a shared like Hasbro verse. Is it a big spoiler? I mean, it's, it's it definitely was not like it was definitely a surprise if you if, going into the movie like no one knew this was like they were like set this up in the movie. Yeah, right, we'll talk about it after then. Yeah, but it, yeah, I, I mean, Rise of the Beast. I think it did okay. It did. I don't know if it did well enough to like warrant a sequel or or like kick off a shared universe. So this could be like a dark universe style. Like we're we're setting we're setting up this like big. Hasbro universe, and it's like, and then they don't do anything with it. Because <laughs> it's a pretty big, it's it, like, it, it's a pretty big setup for the future if they're actually going to follow through on it. But if, they, but if they don't follow up on it, it's like a, it's just like it's one like it's gonna be like one of the biggest like, <laughs> like post credit or like sequel setups that like never happened, like it's like Super Mario Bros. movie level. <laughs> like you guys gotta come back, to, you gotta come back to the, the Mushroom Kingdom or like. Oh yeah, the dark universe, the entire thing. <laughs> like, but yeah, Rise of the Beast, on Paramount Plus, you Paramount Plus, definitely check it out. It's 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 pretty fun. Uh, definitely definitely much more of like what Transformers fans want have wanted from like Transformers movies, like have them actually look like, you know, they're like G one or like Beast Wars <laughs> characters, not horrifying messes of metal and actually be able to see the action and actually have like interesting characters and actually be actually funny and not horrifying Michael Bay funny. So yeah, definitely check it out. And uh, that's going to do it for me this week. So we need to wrap things up. Definitely head over to the site. We've got our Rocketeer commentary up right now. If you want to watch the Rocketeer along with us, you can head over to Disney Plus, sync up our commentary with that and watch it along with us. And I believe if you're hearing this, there should be a Gamebox 2.0 up as well, so you can see what games you played this month uh, on the sites. And we've got our usual reviews and news and trailers and all sorts of other stuff up there. So head over to the site, check all that stuff out. And uh, yeah, so for Chris, I'm Zach, and we will see you next week. 
for more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.